welcome highfalutin ski bump podcast episode number 223 it is your pals pretty sure we're still covid free mario and brian mario what's up dude we've been we've been quarantining since like three four years ago so we're all good i just it life gets crazy life is just getting crazier and weirder who my life's been in quarantine (laughs) i don't even know how this was even possible how this managed to happen but things just keep getting crazier yeah that's okay because we're here we're here for you we're here for us we're just here this is a community togetherness love covid free loving and hugging virtually in your ears your weekly audio ski trip Thank you so much for listening. We do appreciate it. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite social media platforms. Starting to get back into posting more. I'm not going to go into details. It's been a complicated last few weeks. Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, untapped, at Podcast. Podcasting apps. These seem to be blowing up a lot more lately. At first, it was just Apple. And then Spotify got into the game. And then now we got Google's got a new podcasting platform. Amazon is out there. You know, Stitcher is one of our old friends. Like it's, it's crazy how the podcasting game has evolved to what it is, but we've been, we've been doing this for five, almost five and a half years now. Yeah. We keep, we keep, keep doing it. It's been crazy. So it's, it's getting bigger. The whole podcasting platform. It's funny. My mom was over last night helping out with with the kids and she put on tv and i was like what are you doing it's like (laughs) eight or nine o'clock whatever she's like oh like the masked singer is on (laughs) all i did was be like this is the stupidest fucking show i've ever seen in my life but if that's all you have you get hooked on it right and she has like nine channels and yep there's uh, nothing else that's like my mom with jeopardy and wheel of fortune well it's jeopardy you know you at least learn something test your knowledge you know it's also the only good thing on it at that time all the other stuff um, is tabloid news like it's, yeah. it's a weird time or reruns of, of some show from the 90s and then you know she's like you show your age or or we are if you're watching price is right or let's make a deal in the middle of the day because it's like what time is that 12 like are you tired nothing better to do really <laughs> nothing to do i gotta Giant shelf of books over there I'm trying to get to, and I don't have time for that. That's right. You're watching this dog shit. That's right. It's either that or the soaps, and the soaps they get hooked on for like a, a larger part of the afternoon. It's funny. My mom loves Jeopardy. I'm like, Mom, I've never seen you read a book. Like, just go read a book. Like, learn. Like, she's like, How do you know all this stuff? I'm like, I read. I, you, it's amazing what you learn from reading. They're getting smart from Jeopardy. It's like getting skinny from eating a Subway fast food sandwich that's well, not made of anything but sugar. It's like you always hear the stories about people like, well, how'd you learn English? It's like, oh, we started watching TV in Russia and we figured out like, you yeah. know, our movies, family and like, uh, ch- yeah, watch Greece over and over again. <laughs> <laughs> See, you're saying you went to the movies, you know, those are porn movies. <laughs> yeah, that's why I thought you were the filthiest guy in the world. <laughs> so your vocabulary is all like porn. I have never met an exchange student who learned English through porn. That'd be pretty funny, though. <laughs> that sounds like a Netflix documentary. I mean, they have those that cuties pedophile one. You might as well have something about, yeah. Jeez, oh, it sounds like the plot of Borat too. Yeah, I think, it's coming out. I, it's coming out. Yeah, did you watch the trailer for that? I did not. I heard about it though, dude. You have to. <laughs> it's pretty goddamn funny. 
That's awesome. That movie well, came out. I, I just realized a bunch of people haven't watched The Dictator. Ah, uh, that's that's underrated, man. Underrated. Very underrated. That was they had it on TV not too long ago. I was like, oh, The Dictator's on. And of I, course, my wife, she will not watch a movie in the middle. I'm mm, like, that's, I like that policy. I like it if you've never seen it, but she, there's movies that she's seen before. She, oh, I like to start from the beginning. I like it, but I'm like, it's on TV. I'm flipping through the channels. Boom, I'm watching this while I'm waiting for the commercial to end for the football game. That's she's, like, <laughs> she's like, go on Amazon and buy it now so we can watch it from the beginning. Exactly. I'm like, ah, oh. but now everything's on streaming. So you usually find everything. True. Very true. Which yeah. you get spoiled because when you can't find something, you throw a little fit like, God damn it. Why can't I find, you know, like Strange Brew on like some streaming thing? Yeah. But that she has on disc. So, boom. You got to have Always. the classic on disc. Well, I think if you're a Canadian citizen, you're pretty much given that a copy of that, right? <laughs> every year you get a new copy or every that, year. A secret Tim Hortons card that's all written in Canadian. <laughs> it's written in Canadian. We have the hydro, we have like the uh, Rosetta Stone to translate it from Canadian to American. That's right. When I'm around her and her family, they're all like, they get like secret signs and symbols. It's crazy. Ooh, it's a like gangster up there. Yeah. God bless those Canadians. So yes, podcasting apps, you know where to find us. If you go to them, please rate us and subscribe. We'd really appreciate it. That would help us out. Who needs stickers? Everyone needs stickers. Stickers Everyone. are wonderful. Sticker Palooza. Yes, hit us up. Best way to do it, Instagram, DM us, or skibumpodcast at gmail.com. You can also send us fan mail and donations all through that at, that uh, URL, that, that email address. We would love that. And almost forgot. Boom. If you need shirts, we got these shirts. Boom. I got to tell you, I thought these would be way more popular. I'm not a Raiders fan. I really don't give a shit about football in general. I just thought I was like looking at the logo one day and thought, wow, we could do that with our logo, the font, and with like instead of the swords, the freaking poles. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'm just, I think I'm way more clever than I actually am. I have no idea. I think but, your timing was right though, because they started playing in Vegas this year. So, right. If you go to Vegas and you have that out there, I'm thinking home run right there. Or some people are so dumb they go, oh, you must be a Raiders fan. I just, I don't know. Yeah. Maybe, maybe I, I may have thought it a little too. I may have thought a little too much about this. We also See, got thought these, a lot of people were going to be more intellectual, maybe, right? Not even intellectual. I just thought they would appreciate a cool, you know, kind of funky design. These shirts, they're brand new. They're nice. going to be out there. These should actually be on the site by the time this episode launches on the podcasting app if you're watching the raw and dirty youtube version which comes out right after this is done god bless you number one and number two be patient they're going to be out there things have been busy but it goes into our main topic a little bit too the discussion about making sure you have merch and and stuff available for people to buy your fans to buy keep you supported and to keep you alive and alive pretty much that's all the spiel i got i don't know let's go for it mario let's kick it off the way we always do it's time for our pray today all right so after i closed out the gonchula <laughs> started drinking beers and you know i'm gonna do the pre-opera beer before my opera beer and my pre-opera beer was peroni peroni I love Peroni. Reminds me of, I don't know, just Peroni. It's just good and light. Um, 
but I had that to kind of hydrate me, which is nice. <laughs> and then it's like, this one. It's like Germans when they, in the summertime, they're like, what are you guys drinking? Well, Rodlers. What's a Rodler? Well, it's lemonade and beer. Yeah. You can't the, not drink beer. It's like, dude, you work at a factory. You like operate like a heavy machine. Yep. No, they don't care. We make the engines for the BMWs. We drink the Rodlers at lunchtime. <laughs> it's just a Rodler. Come on, look at the little girly man that doesn't drink a Rodler. All right. So, out of a can, this is one one of my favorites every year around this time. Boom, Gord's Gone Wild. Dude, I I love that name and I love the the font treatment. It's just like the Girls Gone Wild. That was yes. brilliant on their part. I love that. Well done. Uh so it's a pumpkin ale, but it's not as pumpkiny as like most pumpkin ales. You had this very recently too, uh, didn't you? Yeah, um this is one that I'll just keep hitting all Oh, for the next two months. So they only make it like for two months and then they, it disappears. So it's, it's kind of good. But um, yeah, this is, you know, it, it doesn't have that sweet, like nutmeg flavor. You know how they over nutmeg or they overdo like to make it seem like pumpkin-y, but it's really not. It tastes more fake pumpkin it's than real pumpkin. And then the nutmeg, all that. Yeah. Spices so this spices, yeah. Right. So this tastes like real pumpkin. It doesn't taste like a bunch of crap that flavors with pumpkin that makes you think it's pumpkin. It's more just pumpkin flavor. It's really good. Uh, not too syrupy, not too, it's sweet, but it's not like too, you know, syrupy sweet. Yeah. But that actually sounds really good. Oh, it's really good. Today, Cause the weather's getting, it's nice and cool. It's really starting to feel like fall up here. Nice. And I was saying to myself, I'm like, all right, it's October 8th. We're recording this. Like I better buy my pumpkin beers. A sap because yeah. I remember last year trying to buy pumpkin beers on Halloween and being laughed at. Yeah. And ah, at, pumpkin's over. This is going to be like the big weekend, I think, at least in this area where they're going to start selling out because it's been kind of warm the last few weeks. I think people are trying to get in their beach days, a couple more margaritas. Yeah. Watermelons officially turned to pumpkins now. I know. About last year, there's no, there's no hybrid watermelon pumpkin combination pumpkin cantaloupe, melon. a cantaloupe is not a pumpkin and a watermelon combined Pum- Much dude i got a little garden going in my in my uh office now right on the windowsill <laughs> it's like eight pots and it keeps growing like today i added like two more pots one one of them's in like a tupperware of course because really? i'm puerto rican this is what we do that's what you do i go visit my uh my mom's cousin my, my distant cousin and she's got all this shit growing like peppers and stuff out of like coffee cans like a leftover thing it's just like that's what you do so whatever works right that's i'm going back to my roots so uh, (laughs) but i like you know you start growing shit so i was joking around uh melanie i was like i think i'm gonna grow pumpkins now pumpkins and corn what do you want me to grow (laughs) pumpkins and corn just this whole room is gonna be full of shit just growing (laughs) this sounds like a nice like youtube channel for you like the uh the indoor puerto rican gardener <laughs> Nothing's out of a pot. It's like, but and then I, if I have a problem, I, I just bring it can. over to my mom. She's like the the plant whisperer. She like brings it back to life. Yeah, yeah. Everybody else is good with plants. I'm horrible. My Music mother, my mother in law, allegedly grew like five pot plants this year. Nice. And it's funny. We were up there Labor Day weekend, and she's like, she's like, I'm so freaked out. She's like, I don't know what to do with them. Like they're getting too big. And she had some work done on the house. And her one of her big concerns was, what if these guys smell? Are they going to report me? I'm, I was like, 
stop it. I'm like, number one, nobody cares. Like she's of that sitting there and the percussion grenade came in and the tear gas and the SWAT team came, right? She's of that generation where, you know, yeah, like everything you do is going to end you up, like land you in jail. So yeah. she wanted to show them to me. You got within like 15 feet of these things. It was like, whoo, you're like, holy crap. There's like, a lot of weed over there. Really strong. It was crazy. So wow. she's, uh, she's allegedly drying them out now. And allegedly we may have to partake in it. Nice. Fresh grown. Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know, well, Thanksgiving is the perfect time. I believe in the cornucopia. You oh, know, the peace pipe. Peace pipe. Number one or stuffing. Put weed in your stuffing. Ah, uh, weed in the... Yeah. Usually you put sage in there, right? When weed, it wouldn't hurt. Scr- crinkle it up in there? I think bit. you gotta put it around the bird, because doesn't... You have to... I was looking at this because I actually want to make some butter or something. We can go into this in the gondola, but why not just talk about it now? <laughs> what the hell? Who can stop us? It's our Who goddamn podcast. <laughs> but uh, I was looking in the... You gotta carboxylate it, which is like you heat it up, so it, it actually... Called boxalate. So I guess you got to activate the THC to get it out, and then you use it in the butter and strain it out. Like there's a whole process. It's not complicated, but it's it's a little confusing. But I think if you rub the turkey with it, it will do the carboxylating for you. And then you just pour when you baste it, it'll get that goodness in there. All right, I just had an idea. What and about? And you could dose everybody. What about deep fry the turkey in THC oil? It, well, that's even better. Like instead of you know the little balls that like encapsulated, just yeah. the whole, imagine buying like how many do you have? Like I want all Damn. of them. I got enough. I need enough of these tinctures to fill up my turkey fryer and then fry your turkey. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, how about uh, poached lobster? You know how they poach it in butter, poached in weed butter. Lobster thermidor. Lobster, th- <laughs> fucking great deliciousness. Lobster Anything thermidor butter. soaked in weed, dude. Ah, uh, sushi. Why has no one? Sushi. You roll it with like a big. <laughs> it's basically a big edible joint. <laughs> <laughs> Who can stop you? It's special fish that I flew in from Japan. It's delicious. Eat it. You'll be really nice and relaxed. Who's asking I, questions? That's right. Who's challenging that? It's like yeah, it's some sort of like weird seaweed. I don't know what the hell happened to it. Everybody gets like. It's funny. I. I I watch all the stuff on history and used to watch discovery and some of the, you know, a lot of documentaries. And it's funny. I look around the world and I'm like, people are forgetting shit that like <laughs> is documented. Like you don't know how to break an egg, like this stupid shit that people are just like, they're, they're clueless at. Well, I love the quote. If you think the news is fake, wait till you hear about history. Oh yeah. You know, history is written by the victors. So you know, it gets rewritten and rewritten again and forgotten. And <laughs> All sorts Jane, of shit. Manipulated. Oh, yeah. Big time. Yeah. Oof. Well, speaking of manipulating your mind, about Americans are drinking 14% more often during the pandemic. Bam. Oh, wait. We didn't do your outpray. We didn't do my outpray. Yeah. That's all right. We're going to come back to that drinking more often. So, maybe I've been drinking so much, I'm forgetting <laughs> to do this part of the show. Well, you're an American and you're drinking 14% more than you usually on average. I will actually tell you, I'm probably drinking 40% less because you know what? I always have to be the contrarian. Whatever anyone's doing, I have to do the opposite. That's just my personality. 
I'm drinking less because I'm carboxylating the hell out of things down here. Carboxylate. <laughs> I love that word. Carboxylate. That is a good word. It sends a message. So I been having these treehouse beers the last month or so because I waited in line over an hour to pick them up. Had to get at least two cases. Think of how fucking bougie that sounds. I waited in line to buy beer. I drove past multiple liquor stores. That's multiple- right. It's like when that they time they were out of beer in your town. Oh my god, the panic! No, I drove ton of beer in my town. I drove two and a half <laughs> hours to get pizza past 300 different pizza places. I drove five hours to get beer past probably 600 liquor stores and 15 breweries. And now I'm enjoying the one of those beers, the fruit of that that labor. Uh, this is called Julius. Oh, that's a good one. Not Julius. 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 A bunch of extra J's and a bunch Julius. of extra S's. The extra J might stand for juice. More juice. More juice. And more and S. Julius. It's still an American IPA. Not quite a double, but it's just, it's so full of tropical flavor and creaminess and hops and, but smooth and drinkable and enjoyable. I mean, it's treehouse IPAs are just fantastic. Everything is dynamite. And this, this is one of their best. I love this beer. I was fortunate enough to just be around when people had treehouse and I've enjoyed it through that. And it's been delicious. Yeah. Well, that's why there was a line an hour long to drive your car through a maze to pick up your beer you had to order at 9.30 in the morning. It's The system they have is fantastic. But So some people of, wait online for food for the whole week. You yeah, drove past everything <laughs> to get... Because the beer that in your local area was not good enough. You had to go get that beer. Not good enough. I was going <laughs> full on fancy. So as our buddy Tom Duke says... God damn. Shout out to Tom Duke. God damn. God damn. There's some times where I'm like, God damn. I just, I got to say it. I waited in line for cannabis, allegedly, and then right to the, <laughs> right to the brewery to wait in line for beer. Oh, because the cannabis in your backyard wasn't good enough? It wasn't good enough, apparently. <laughs> the one on the corner being sold by the other kid in, in high school, that wasn't good enough? The gondola, God damn, Brian. the apre today and the gondola are just, they're having a love child today. Imagine, we're just all over we're, the place here. We're just drinking in the gondola is what happened. We're just drinking in the gondola. <laughs> it's like your peanut butter got into my chocolate. It's like your cannabis got into my beer. That's right. Sometimes we smoke in the, at apre. I don't know. It is what it is. You got to do what you got to do. Sometimes you get dosed at apre. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we drove. As Bill Cosby says. Oh boy, Flim Farm. <laughs> you got a Zimmer Zimmer. I got you the little Zimmer with the Zimmer. You got a little tick of that. Get a zip and zap it on. I want to try the nachos. <laughs> Yo. <laughs> I want to try the nachos. Oh, that's awesome. Is that, is that some sort of pill on top? That's a jalapeno. <laughs> They're chopped up in there pretty good. <laughs> got to get in there and get some. Why is there pudding on top of the nachos? <laughs> Just eat the pudding. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. You know, it's funny when I try to do that. After a while, I think I sound like Bill Clinton. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody 
he sounds like Bill Cosby doing a Bill Cosby impression. He sounds like someone else doing a Bill Cosby impression. Yeah. It's like, that's very bad. You sound like Bill Clinton. I'm like, yeah, I lost it somewhere in there with the flip floor. I'm like, Ugh. once you start trying to talk regular instead of like Cliff, Cliff Huxable, like it's, it's, it's just, just some creepy off. bill. You're just a creepy bill. One or the other. It's a bill. A bill is a bill. It goes from flim flam to yeah, we'll go to the island. It'll be great. We'll get massages. <laughs> I'm on the train and this pretty lady sitting next. Whoa, whoa, Bill Cosby, where'd he come? Where did Bill Cosby this- go? Bill C. Why are Bill C's creepy? Oh, Bill C. See, Bill C. I'm gonna look at famous Bill C's that have gone to jail for creepy things. And you know what? I'm sure there's a Bill C listening who's a wonderful person. Goes to church. Oh, he's probably pissed. He's like, you assholes. Goes to church, respects the, the laws of skiing, always looks, doesn't crash into anybody. But you know, that Bill C's got a dark side too. You know? Bill C. That's right. <clears throat> Watch out for those Bill C's. It'd be great if you could rattle off like 10 Bill C's that were like all just, creeps. <laughs> all creeps. It's like just so, name your kids something else. Clancy. Yeah. That's like the magic when you when you realize it and you tune into your oh, I see how that's all creepy now. That's when you all that's when you really start thinking that this has got to be a simulation. When everything just starts lining up a little bit too perfectly, it's like someone didn't didn't run the random number simulator enough, and yeah. you start seeing the pattern. It's like the Matrix; everything's coming down. You're like, you're a creepy oh, guy, Bill C. Bill C. Pattern. Bill Everyone's C. a Bill C. Why is that? Damn. Mm. Mm. Oh boy. Wow. I'm gonna look up Bill C's now. Look up Bill C's. So Julius, fantastic beer. I guarantee you, the people at Treehouse, not a single Bill C there. Wonderful beers. Like I was saying before, though, Americans drinking 14% more during the pandemic. Wow. That is according to a report in the journal JAMA Network Open, whatever that is. The increase in frequency of drinking for women was more pronounced, up 17% compared to last year. Is that including the pregnant women? That's all I want. Back in the day when I was born, I think my mom was drinking right up until I was born. We can't even tell. No. Not a single, a little... not a single side effect. Nothing. Exactly. No side effects. Perfectly well-adjusted <laughs> citizen looking up creepy Bill C's on Google and pissed off because there's nothing coming up. Nothing's coming up. They know it. They're suppressing it. Yeah. Fake news. Fake news. Instances of heavy drinking among women, which for women was defined as four or more drinks within a couple hours, spiked 41%. The within a couple of hours? Yeah. Some girls that drink. <laughs> having like six white claws alone, just passing out, crying. That's got to be, well. Jumping on Tinder. So, so it's funny that the, the late night ending up in crying is hilarious, but the... um. The real hard drinkers, I got to say, are the uh, brunch. The girl brunch drinkers, they go out and they just get, I've seen them get hammered. Yeah. Hammered. That's why I keep on out to brunch with my wife. Won't get hammered. (laughs) Brunch is dangerous. Brunch is, again, for someone, if you don't have have a free day to do nothing. Yeah. 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 You got to deal with diaphus now. (laughs) Yeah, they'd be knocking on your door. I'm like, what the hell? We take your kid away. Dude, I've had to dial back my drinking because my son will come in at like four in the morning. And it's like, if I'm like, if I had too much to drink, like, it's just, you're done. Like, you can't, you can't call time out. You can't like tag <laughs> someone right. else in. Like, this is on you, my man. Like, you gotta like, yep. 
you got to nut up in parents. Like it's just, it's, yeah. I had a really bad episode last summer where I just had way too much cannabis allegedly and way too many margaritas. And Andrea was so pissed off at me. She's like, you get to do this. Like you're getting up with him tomorrow morning. And I did. And it was just a disaster. <laughs> I was just, I felt like I was dying. I'm like, she got I am. At you fed him chili. and was like, there you go, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you like, why did you give him coffee? He's like, I don't know, because fuck you is why. That's why. <laughs> fuck you. You know what's in bottles now? Coffee. <laughs> give him the Red Bull. Yeah, Red Bull chili good. dog. Good luck. Let's see, now. let's see how he does it. Chili dogs and fucking Red Bull. Oof. <laughs> marinating. Just marinating him in Red Bulls. <laughs> why would you do that? It's like a diaper bomb waiting. Oh. Boom. Yeah. You ever see uh, Mission Impossible? It's like the tape is going and then oh, yeah. they turn to something else and the guy's like having like something. He's like, boom. It's like that. Pretty much. So, do people going to bars less retail alcohol, alcohol yeah, sales, Alka-Seltzer, so- Alka-Seltzer sales. See, I'm thinking about what I'm going to need tomorrow morning. After, to exactly. <laughs> Stores sold 54% more alcohol in late March compared to the year prior, according to Nielsen, online sales more than doubled. But wow. They keep saying how people are losing jobs. Apparently, you should go work at a liquor store or a liquor delivery service because they seem to need people because people are just boozing it up. Well, that's what uh, one of the things they're talking about is like retail is just getting obliterated. So what is going to be left? They said like Amazon and some of the online companies are buying some of the retail areas and they're turning them into warehouses. So they're like... You won't go shopping anymore. You go online, but everybody that works at retail would go to a distribution center now and work out of there. And delivery people, yeah. Doing delivery and distribution. It's really weird. Interesting, but weird. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Very strange. And it just, I think it gets us more and more away from each other, which is good and bad. You know, good because I, I, I like being away from people, but. Gross. Yeah, but bad because now people are siloed or they're in like little bubbles or just this is where you get the crazy people. Like people can get a little group thing crazy versus alone. Fully integrated. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. It's unfortunate. And I did see someone recently. We're going to nice transition into the gondola. Speaking of jobs, I saw somebody reiterate what I've said multiple times and have said since the beginning of this pandemic is that if they're looking for a, not necessarily silver bullet, but a way for a lot of jobs to be produced really quickly, they will legalize marijuana in this country. Mm -hmm. Not just state by state. The amount of jobs that would create almost overnight would be huge and tremendous. So I don't really have a story. Nothing really to say. Just one oh, quick I, little thing. I have something to say. Well, I got, I got, I got to mention this. So this yes. is my official New Jersey <laughs> ballot for the election, and state public question number one: constitutional amendment to legalize marijuana in New Jersey. I never thought I would live to see the day where this dumb state would actually make this happen. And this is goddamn amazing. And as you can see, I've filled nothing else out on this. I've only filled out this so far because this is the only thing that matters to me on this ballot. Nice. Amazing. They're saying 
Now, I don't know. I don't know how much you can trust all these polls because I've never been asked for a poll. And if I have a call coming and someone is trying to pull me, I'm answering that shit. I got yeah. things to do. They're saying like 67% are in favor of it. So, so is that one of those where they're going to pass it and they're going to enact it like five years from now? Yes, yeah, seriously, right? Right, that's the other part of it. That's that's where I get really skeptical. Yeah, that's happened in Massachusetts where they uh they kind of yeah. screwed everyone over for at least a year and a half after they passed it. Finally, well, Jersey did it with medical. Remember, they made it so unapproachable and hard to get that there was another governor had to come in and pass something to make it at least a little more available to for medical because it was just too restrictive. It was strange how they did it. Yeah, Corzine, when he was the governor, that was like his last thing he did was get medical marijuana in. Yeah, because he was a pharma guy. Oh, he was a Goldman Sachs guy. I know. Yeah. He was a crook too. He went, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> but then his predecessor, the ultra fit, ultra marathoner, Krispy Kreme, Chris Krispy Kreme. He was again this week for, you know, it is very unfortunate he did get the COVID, and I don't know how Dude, well. I think this might be him in Costco today. <laughs> that person is not nearly fat enough. No, you see the mask though. That is a good looking mask. <laughs> Full on fucking gas mask. Full World on War Two. Yeah. So he uh, he got the COVID, and he was all he was. He's the guy who said. We're never going to legalize marijuana on my watch. We have an addiction problem in this country. The 500-pound man who had his stomach stapled and he didn't work is talking about an addiction problem we have in this country. And it's funny that they were saying, I guess he was helping Trump prepare for the debate. And they said that Christie spent days maskless in a room with Hope Hicks and the others and just said on ABC... He hasn't been contacted by the White House about getting a test. Uh, he found out by watching the news. Incredible loser energy. All-time loser energy. They didn't geez. even shoot him a text. <laughs> what, what, what was he trying to prepare Trump for? An eating contest? <laughs> like, Yeah, seriously, right? I guess, like, it just had to be a bigger asshole. Uh, that's why he was argumentative. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. Punch it. Yeah. So... Hopefully he gets better. You don't want to get sick and die. You know, it's bad karma. <laughs> but, uh, karma. Yeah. Yeah. But, so that guy just seen the picture Costco full on. And I thought he was like the only freak in the store. And then I turn around, there's a guy with a full on respirator. I was like, holy crap. Hey, it's good to be safe. But that was a little extreme. Didn't you also have the people with like plastic bags over their head a few months ago. They probably, I don't know. I, I just see people without the like fucking COVID's over. It's weird. I'm like sitting there with my little, you know, I see those two guys with the respirator and the fucking, the gas, full on gas mask. And I'm like, with my little cloth fucking covering, I'm like, I'm not protected enough. There's some shit in here that's going to kill me. <laughs> like, what the fuck is going on? Are they, is Costco dropping tear gas on people? Like, what do you got, mustard gas in the in aisle five? Yeah. Yeah, someone uh, dropped a case. case yeah. Putting it in their cart. Meanwhile, I didn't look at his cart and probably had fucking like ammo or something. Cheetos. Cheetos and ammo and toilet paper. Yeah. Yeah. So, Gondola, crazy. New Jersey actually hoping to legalize it. So, wow. I'm going to do my part to vote it in and we'll see what happens. So, that's good. They just got to, they should sneak it on every ballot right now. Just put it on. Yeah. Just put it on. Well, hey, hey, hey. 
if somebody wants to win an election, they could be like executive order. Weed is legal. How about that? Yeah. Take that. Take, take that button. The new head of the ATF, Mr. Snoop Dogg. Snoop Dogg. He's the head of the ATF and the DOJ and, and the U.S. mail. He's the DOWG and the DEA. Just all of it. Just, <laughs> Put him in charge. <laughs> He's the czar. He's the czar of cooking too. He's the commander in chisel. <laughs> uh, commander in chisel. For shizzle. Chisel. So with that, let's go to ski news. Let's get some ski news in here. And actually we start off with uh Brian reached out to me early. He's like, you know, what just dropped, Warren Miller just dropped some more footage and yeah, some dates. A full trailer is out. Full trailer for the 71st film called Future Retro. Um, it's going to be on tour this November. And what that, what that means, we'll see virtually. You know, I actually came across something last week where Movie theaters are so hard up, and some of them are announcing that they're they're just gone. But movie theaters are so hard up, like you could rent the movie theater out and show whatever movie you want there. It's <laughs> it's, it's pretty interesting. So, um, for other people, exactly. But yeah, so War Miller, I hope to see uh, you know events pop up. Maybe things will magically clear up with COVID, but otherwise we'll we'll just be streaming it. Maybe we'll have some stream parties or watch parties that'd be kind of cool yeah they're doing it virtually and they're doing it in three different shots they're doing an east coast one a mountain central one and a west coast one and they're a week apart so you got november 7th for the east coast november 14th for mountain central and november 21st for the west coast nice and they're talking about, yeah, you, know, you can still win prizes like you could at the other ones. You buy your tickets online. It says assemble a small crew or create a virtual watch party. Nice. And tune in to the exclusive red carpet event hosted by Johnny Mosley. Win ski gear, trips, and a whole bunch of prizes. Kick back and relax and jump into ski season with Warren Miller. So you can, uh, for ticketing options, up to four people per ticket will be included with paid admission, which means four entries into the World Tour sweepstakes, four door prize entries for the night of the show, plus four coupon codes for the WMECoupons.com with promotional offers from our partners after the event. So if anyone hasn't gone, sweet. Yeah, if anyone hasn't gone to one of these Warren Miller movie events, I'll tell you, that was always my, one of my most favorite days of the year was getting ready and going to that event in Morristown because it, it was always the, the last two years, they moved it to the week of Thanksgiving. So it was like the Tuesday before Thanksgiving, you're already in like vacation, chill out winter mode. Yeah. Everyone's psyched to go skiing. Everyone's psyched to get started. And now because of all this, the, another, another, uh, you know, victim of, of this whole lockdown and this quarantine. But this is going to be pretty cool the way they're doing it, that they're actually getting this together. And again, if you haven't been to one of these, what's cool is you get this booklet. And in the booklet, you get these WME coupons. And, you know, I don't know what they're going to charge for this. So it's going to be like 20 bucks. We've never paid before because they've always given to us free because we're very, very important ski media. 
important. Most important scheme. Yeah. Tremendously important. Tremendously. But you get this coupon book and you get discount codes for a bunch of different ski resorts in your area, which is nice. Yeah. Gatlinburg. That's what I look for. <laughs> yeah. Over Gatlinburg. Over Gatlinburg. So we'll see how this actually plays out, but this should be pretty cool. I'm excited. Uh, so it looks like you buy the tickets, but it says general admission up to four people per ticket. So, so but they're doing it. Four people. Yeah. So they're doing the streaming. And so if you, if you can stream to like a big theater, then you can like really bum it out and be like, everybody pay a buck <laughs> and you can make a ton of money. <laughs> it's like with the, uh, like the UFC, like they charge you per for the pay-per-views, they charge you based on the total seating. Yeah. said you can fit into your place. It's crazy. it's crazy. Well, that's why you go to um, bars to watch football, and they, they have music on. They don't have the audio for the football game you're watching because they actually have to pay for that. Oh, so really? You, you even pay for the audio. It's some weird thing. Like, I don't know if it's just Jersey, but like, when I was there, I'm like, why can you put the sound on? Like, no, we can't. There's actually people that will report them and they get like fine. Douchebags. So. NFL, man, they got a Kung Fu grip on everything. Cause, uh, you know, they, they pay their people money. That's why they like money. They sure do. So yeah, so 30 bucks up to four people per ticket and you get the discount codes and chances to win all the prizes. So yeah, it's a good deal. It's a good deal. It's worth it. So we're excited to check it out and check out the trailer. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. And Dan Egan is in it, who was on our show a few weeks ago or a few yeah. months ago. It's called July. Feels like weeks ago, but it was uh yeah. Yeah. Months. It was back in back in July, yeah. Oof. Back in the day. A simpler time, really. <laughs> <laughs> Before they had all this COVID and no, they was after COVID. Yep. Still balls deep in COVID then. Yep. Yes. Another thing that came up this week, La Nina. La Nina is back. I think we talked about it a few months ago when they were starting to come up with their winter predictions. No, last week they had the, we had the Canadian winter predictions. We the and Canadian. they mentioned, yeah, they mentioned La Nina. They said maybe La Nina, but I guess now. But what's super crazy is I remember like a few months ago when they, they first did those initial <clears throat> predictions they were saying there was like a five percent chance or ten percent maybe it was a little bit higher but it was really really low for a la nina and now it's a Dude, we should have been meteorologists it's it's the best job you'd be wrong and just talk your way around it that's it la nina is the comeback kid <laughs> that's right it's the comeback kid they, they had him written off he wasn't going to make it and then he just stuck didn't to it. tap out came back didn't tap out that's right so after it, the previous announcements that there was a better than average chance of La Nina conditions affecting the Western U.S. this season, NOAA recently confirmed the current presence of a La Nina conditions as well as a 75% chance of those conditions remaining in effect through the spring of 2021. Damn. If you love skiing in the Pacific Northwest, Alaska, Northern Colorado, Montana, Wyoming, Idaho, you know that La Nina is great news in terms of deep snow so you may be asking yourself what exactly is la nina well we're here to tell you it is the general cooling of the equatorial region 
of the Pacific Ocean where the temperature must dip more than 1% Fahrenheit below average. When those Pacific waters lose heat content, the jet stream is pushed further north, taking a track that delivers more favorable cold and snowy conditions to areas of the Pacific Northwest, Canada, Alaska, and the Northern Rockies, that being Montana, Wyoming, Idaho. It also typically delivers warmer than average temperatures as well as decreased snowfall in states such as Arizona and New Mexico. Hmm. So there. For the powder hungry, we comprised, this is from ski.com, a list of resorts which typically receive more than normal snowfall during La Nina years. So we have Mount Bachelor, Oregon, Big Sky, Montana, Whitefish, Montana, Schweitzer, Idaho, Sun Valley, Idaho, Jackson Hole, Wyoming, Grand Targhee, Wyoming. Grand Targhee is pounded all the time. They don't mention it, but Snow King. Snow King. The King. Mm. Yeah. The King of Snow. Yeah. (laughs) Steamboat in Colorado. Aspen Snowmass. Alaska, Alaska. Whatever they're calling it, Valley in California. The mm. S the S Q word that we no, can't. they just call it Valley. It's it's like Washington. They just do the Washington football team. They do the it's the just skiing valley. The ski valley in California. Ski valley. Mammoth Mountain in California. That's offensive to other pachyderms that Dude, pachyderms are not pissed, man. Pachyderms there's a there's a full on pachyderm coalition petitioning yeah. the president right now. Pretty much. They're like, we don't give a fuck about COVID. You need to stop the pachydermy. Pachydermy, taxidermy, pachydermy, holiday in. This pachydermyishness <laughs> has to stop. That's right. Whistler Blackcomb, Revelstoke, Fernie, Kicking Horse, Whitewater, the Powder Highway. The Powder Highway. Gonna get crushed by La Nina. I gotta go to the Powder Highway this year. I oh, think yeah. It's gone. it's gone. Well, you would have chosen a very good year to do so because. I have to do it. La Nina. We'll put the link to the show notes in here. There's also a wonderful little video. Dude, that video is awesome. They have like the whole, it explains it. I'm like, There's a bunch of dots that are different colors. Very exciting. Better than conjunction, junction, like, better than that. Schoolhouse Rock. It's better than that. Ski junction function. We should just do a bunch of animations about ski stuff. You know, like Ski finding. House Rock. Ski House Rock. Dude, I love that. Right? How not to be a dick. Uh, uh, share House Rock. How about that? how not to be a dick on the mountain right yeah that could be a whole series i like that a lot i think we we call hbo we're on after the street (laughs) after uh after gigolos on showtime (laughs) between gigolos and sesame street i think we got a spot (laughs) that was uh where was it real sports it was uh bob costa was pissed off that they would always get scheduled like before like street hookers like part two and he would always make points like well you'll find us uh you know we'll come back to you next week after you know and stay tuned for something that hbo has right no 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 uh bob costa oh, really? inside the nfl when it was on hbo oh and they i think he got in trouble for it and then he was like fuck it i don't care because we're moving after yeah. the season to like Showtime or wh- whatever they moved to, but 
Hope you enjoy Cat House. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Coming up next, Cat House or whatever else we have about it. Good night and of... God bless. <laughs> He's like, I'm a journalist, God damn it. <laughs> I can't, can't be in, I can't be the teaser for a cat house. Yeah. God damn. Settle God down, damn. Bob. Sorry. Settle, See, I can't even stop it. Settle down, Bob. Get over yeah. yourself. All right. <laughs> okay. Journalist. Bob. Yeah. Come on. You read the, the sports news. That's it. Yeah. Got a face right. for radio. So La Nina. Boom. It's happening. Mm. All right. And then next up we have American downhiller. So, Brian watched this before the uh, podcast and was telling me about it. Of course, I was too preoccupied watching Tom Brady and his beautiful taint lighted up here in Tampa Bay. See, you could have just watched American Downhiller. We had to watch TB12 and his sweet buns. TB12! And there's so many mass holes down here. It's hilarious. They're like, I love Tom Brady. I'm like, yeah, you probably hate the fact that he's not in uh, New England anymore. Anyway. So, but American Downhill. So, Brian, tell us about American Downhill. I only watched about half of it, but okay. it is a pretty cool movie. It's available on uh, Poxsports.com. P O C S P O. It's free, right? It's free. I don't know if it will always be free, but it currently is. And For it's the next twenty seconds. <laughs> it's really yeah, right. Good play. It feature film of the history of the U.S. men's downhill team. Oh, that's awesome. It goes back 50 years and long before the advent of the World Cup. The foundations were laid by pioneers like Buddy Werner and Billy Kidd in the 50s and 60s, followed by the likes of Bill Johnson, whose brash personality and unapologetic style led to Olympic glory in the mid 80s. And it's cool because they talk about, you know, how, uh, you know, Bill Johnson was kind of a, he was like a super brash dude and, how it kind of hurt, it almost hurt the next generation because the Europeans hated the Americans after him. So yeah. Talking like they show like AJ Kitt and Tommy Moe, and they're talking about how that 90s era of um, of racers kind of got almost screwed over in a way because they put him in the crappiest hotels far away. It gave him like the worst training times. Uh, again, I only watched about a quarter of it. I watched for our boy Tommy Moe. There's a whole section on him in 94 in the Olympics. Tommy Moe. Yeah, it's so funny seeing him as like 23 or 24 when he was like, a, you know, the Olympic golden boy. But nice. it's uh, it was fun to watch. And it's it's just so cool seeing the progression of the sport, too. Like to seeing, you know, what things were like, the gear, the people, the terrain back in like the 70s, 80s. And then, you know, of course, seeing like the uh, the newest generation of, of downhillers and how much the uh, the gear has changed, the technology, everything. But, I think you know it's it's easy to forget like some of the historically great people, right? But you don't realize like so. I always get you know I was talking to Bodie. He's talking now with with NBA finals going on. He's all into it, and he's like, "Do you think so and so is better than Michael Jordan?" I'm like, nope. "Dude, you, you can't is. you can't describe it because Michael Jordan at the time, like a lot of people couldn't do what he did at the time. Now, if you take now current day time, it's different, right? So it's a different type of person, different type of ho- type of football player, different type of hockey player, different type of skier. Like it's all different. Like 
like you said, the technology changes, the conditions, the way we ski. Training like, methods, everything. Yeah. Training. Technique of skiing's changed. You know, it's it's all different. So ski it's gonna, yeah, which which changed the way you actually ski. Yeah. So it's all gonna keep changing. And it's like you can't you can't keep comparing people in history that did what they did. They did they were great at their time, but fitting in the context of that time, like there are people that can't do the same thing if they were in that situation. You know what I mean? It, it's it's just different. You know, so I don't like those comparisons, but I just I love to see like the history of stuff, you know, like where we were. It brings me you think back and like, wow, it's pretty cool. Like, You look at the skis they're on back then. There's like little tiny, like narrow downhill skis, you know, 220 somethings. And they're so super narrow. You're like, wow, like yeah. these, these guys can, you know, you put them in anything and they can just tear it up. Well, it's like you can compare people in the uh, Winter Olympics, you know, way, way back. And you're like, well, you know, they wore like leather shoes lashed into their skis. Like, could you do that today? There are people like, hell no. I'm not even trying skiing then, you know. These are people that were like, fuck it, I'm going to do it, you know. When Plake will do it. It's, I'm just saying, though, like you look, at, you know, in that time, like it was crazy for them to do that. You look at like but that's all they had. They were like, okay, yeah, I'll do that. That sounds like a good zero thing. ankle support, like homemade yeah. skis, you know, doing like zero health coverage, out. zero sponsorship. Like, you know, you break your femur, you're dead. That's it. You Get it for the love. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But they had to do it. Like we, we would, it's funny cause we would probably do the same today, but they paved the way for us to not have to do that. You know? Yeah pretty cool to see yeah so this is fun to watch it's definitely worth checking out it was pretty good american awesome. downhiller Hold the link in the show notes all right and next up brian one more story in ski news this week and this came out right after we had our episode last week where we talked to doug from the founder of the indie pass this was on unofficial networks. And, and I got to tell you from last week to this week, about three nights this week, I've had the same thoughts at night dreaming about this. Look at that. That's why I was like, oh, this is See? what I wanted. Sometimes the singularity, things play out the way as they're intended to, right? Exactly. Just yeah. gotta, you got to let it happen. Right. So this is the road trip. Every Northeast skier should make. And this is all based off of the Indy Pass, where, you know, we talked about it last week with Doug. 199 bucks for the Indy Pass. You get two days at every one of the resorts on there. And there's like, you can make it work. 56 areas that you can, uh, you can go to and use this pass. And they're using New York City as their starting point on this. And <laughs> they broke out every single day, which is pretty cool. So day one, they go out to Shawnee Mountain out in Pennsylvania. Dude, I fucking love Shawnee. I hate to say it, but I it's a little gem. Did we ski Shawnee together once or was that just Camelback? No, we did Camelback and we did Shawnee because Kurt had Shawnee. the... That's right. Remember he had the share house for like a week? He had the uh, a timeshare. And he wasn't using it. He's like, oh, I got it showing. He's just whoever wants to use it. I was there in the midweek. I didn't care. I was getting some skiing in. But I love that little mountain. You know, the nice thing about Shawnee is I remember that it was a Saturday, too, that we skied it. 
and it was pretty treacherous. But if you stayed off of the greens, it was so much better because you have so many beginners there that they're all on the green trails and the greens are treacherous. So you stay on the blacks, it really yeah. wasn't bad. No. Again, it's 700 feet of vertical. Uh, a black is going to be, you're going to be done in six seconds on it. I got to say, Shawnee's one of the best places that I would recommend to anybody learning how to ski. It's great. It's small, it's pretty safe, and it's usually not that crowded like some other places. But uh, yeah, you get out, you know, you have a nice little hour drive, hour and a half. It's, it's pretty good, not I got to say. Yeah. So now they're keeping, so they're doing a whole trip here. So from Shawnee, your next trap, next trek, your next location is going to be Mohawk Mountain in Connecticut. Now, this is the one I talked about specifically because my in-laws are like an hour from there. Nice. So this is one I'm definitely going to hit up this winter. You've got to hit it up on the way there. Just for like, I got five hours in and I'm coming up for dinner now. Yeah, it's, you know, it's a smaller spot. But, you know, it's still pretty decent. And they said it's one of their favorite places to ski with under a thousand feet of vertical and nice. plenty to keep you busy during the day. Nice. You want to learn how to do a backflip? This is the place you do it. It's going to be the move. That's it. So after that, less than an hour from Mohawk, you have Catamount Mountain, which is on the New York, Massachusetts border. Now, this is the first resort to scratch the coveted thousand feet of vertical mark. Popular destination due to its size and proximity to NYC. Also, one of the few resorts to straddle two states. Hmm. Thousand feet of vertical there. Next, number four, Berkshire East. <laughs> they say it's practically considered southern Vermont. It's also the only ski area in the world to produce 100% of its energy from on-site renewable energy. Wow, on-site. Pretty cool. 1180 feet of vertical and now number five the coup de gras i think of the epic pass magic mountain legendary ski area known for good snow 11 glades and legendary vibe 1500 feet of vertical then you're going to travel after that to bolton valley We're letting you rest on day six so you can go to lake champlain Go to Burlington, day seven, Bolton Valley. Nice. <clears throat> I did not realize that. 1,700 feet of vertical at Bolton. Nice. Super legit. 300 acres of skiing, that's not bad. Yeah, now we're cruising over to day eight, Cannon Mountain in New Hampshire. Mm. Bodie Miller's home mountain. Pretty awesome. Yeah, I was thinking, Berkshire, was Berkshire? Uh... Mass. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, Cannon. Cannon's got twenty one eighty. Nice, solid, largest in New Hampshire. So you think Bodie would just like top the bottom, just zoom it down? Just one, not a single turn, just had a shot, had a right, just keep just bombing this thing, and you'll be great. That's it. You do it, yeah. And then last day, day nine, Pat's Peak in New Hampshire. Nice, modestly sized. Pretty decent, 770, nothing crazy. Night skiing, Mario, 100% of the terrain. 100%. 100%. And you have Don't mess it around. Party. It's all day, all night. Lift ticket cost, I love this, 199 bucks with the Indy Pass, 
without it would be over 500. Damn. Yeah. Pretty solid. Wow. I think we got to do a uh, ski bomb urban ski week at Pat's Peak. <laughs> Sounds like night skiing every night. Day and night, whatever. Party yeah. in the day, but 24 hour, 24 hour skiing, 24 hour bar, 24 hour party. It's like Le Mans of skiing. Oh, it'd be great. It'd be like the Monaco of the East Coast. 24 hours of La Pat. <laughs> La Pat. 24 pat hours of La Pat. You could have a dude in a bunny costume run around, pat the bunny. Why not? It'd be great. Let's get weird. Let's get weird. And that wraps up the old ski news for the week. Now, on to our main topic. This was a bit of an unfortunate story that came out this past week. A lot of people probably speculating on it. The writing was probably on the wall. I don't know. Maybe we all were just trying to ignore it and hoping it wouldn't happen. But it was announced last week that the future of Powder Magazine is not looking good. They have announced, you know, Obviously, November, right? COVID has affected everybody, and their parent company, A360 Media LLC, formerly American Media LLC, they announced that their entire editorial staff will be placed on indefinite furlough, effective November 20th, 2020. When operations of the magazine, website, and social channels will be paused. And they do not know if or when the hiatus will end. And, you know, the, this is from uh, Sierra Schaefer, who's the editor. Uh, it says that we do know, however, that in the coming days, we still have work to do and two more issues of the magazine to make. This week, we're completing the special gear guide issue that will be available for free in ski shops across the country next month. When you go looking for it, consider bringing a six-pack for the shop employees. It's the right thing to do in times like this. Our biggest undertaking still is this year's photo annual, which will be on newsstands November 16th. This photo annual has long been the most collectible issue of the magazine each volume. With Powder's unknown history, or unknown, with its future unknown, this particular photo annual promises to be extra special. Don't miss it. Beyond that, we do not know what will become of powder, only that its absence for any amount of time will be felt deeply by those of us who have been captivated by its words and images along its 49-year journey. We hope that it has offered you a home, a place for skiers to come for humor, reflection, inspiration, honesty, and a small taste of joy we know can only be found as the founding editors articulated in getting away from the crowd to a place where there are no lines, no lift towers, no snow fences, no bodies in the way, just snow. So it's sad. It's unfortunate. I have the most recent issue right here. Ah, it's funny. It's their, you know, it's their big ski review issue, which is you know, always one of my favorites. And they've got a little clues like on the side here. Was I can't see that. Oh. Still got issues. Oh, wow. Nice. Yeah. So they kind of know. They must know the writing was on the wall there. Yeah, it's a, it's a slippery slope, right? And now, Mario, you've got some inside scoop into all this whole thing because you, you were in publishing for a while. You worked well, for Time, Inc. And... Yeah, and I can talk about it now because it's been a fucking long time and they haven't paid me a goddamn dime. So Statue of Limitations is over. The Statue of Limitations stands tall. <laughs> 
Um, no, so I worked for Time Inc. And Time Inc., uh, you know, it was Time Magazine, People, like all the big ones, um, uh, which I'm going to call Sports Illustrated, like golf, like, and, you know, so much has happened in publishing. I saw it, like, when I got in there, that was, like, kind of when it was starting to wind towards more digital. And, you know, it's one of those things that, like, Powder was in there because I was on the retail side. So we actually did uh, sales and marketing for them for a while and some and a ton of magazines. So as time, we had like 150 magazines. As, as time retail, we dealt with probably like close to three to 500 magazines and shit that you haven't heard of. That's like the best was I, I would grab them from work. It'd be like, you know, Farmers Weekly and Modern Tractor, like, you know, shit that was interesting, but like it's a quarterly or something like that. But, you know, there was always uh, some of these other brands, uh, Powder. I don't remember who they were first with, but there were like, you know, niche ones like Bonaire and. Um, what was the one that you used to get? Was it Ski? Wasn't there one that you. Well, Ski I get from, there's a, a, a deal I get as a, like a former way to hack something i guess but there was something with time wasn't there one of them yeah i'm trying to think mm-hmm. it was um it wasn't skiing skiing was uh i used to get skiing because they were one of our clients that was owned by um what was the other one they're still around the bicycle magazine same thing but you have all these magazines and they and they get put out by like one publisher which is great and you know you move on through time and what happens is they start running low on, on sponsors. So then they're trying to like push stories to get sponsors and, and everybody does it. And it, it's a bunch of bullshit. And honestly, it's no different than what we complain about with uh right TV today, right? Uh, news media commercials and is still driven by commercial sponsors. Right. So if you piss off your commercial sponsors, you're not going to get people to like pay a shit ton of money to have a commercial spot. So same thing works for, for print. And, um, I think part of the, part of the problem with print is they don't own their own content. And I, I've been a proponent for this for many years and, you know, now I'm out of publishing. So, you know, I'm just watching shit unfold, but for years they had stock photographers, stock writers. And I think powder had had a lot of that, but then everybody moved to freelancers. And when you get to freelancers, now you got to pay everybody for their content in perpetuity. Right, which is great for you as an independent. If you're really a good, talented writer or photographer, it makes sense because why would I just work for somebody for a salary when I can make, you know, money and a living that I, I doing what I want to do for anybody? So the the big part of that is as a publisher, you don't own the content, so you're you're basically buying and leasing and renting the content every time you use it. Whereas the reason time was so big and Time was actually sold, uh, not Time, Life. Everybody remembers Life magazine. And they had iconic photos and everything. That was all stock photography. So now when Time puts out... Because that was Life photographers that they, they had a whole staff of them, right? Right. Time did, Sports Illustrated. So when what they was put that movie out... With, um, wasn't like... Not, uh, I was with... Uh, yeah. Um, Walter Mitty. Walter uh, Mitty, yeah. The Spectacular Life or... Yeah, and it's Wasn't it's he that, that life photographer. He was at Life. No, no, he was uh, he's working at Life, and they announced the closing of the magazine. It's like a cute story about like one of you know connecting with one of the photographers that that 
was actually um, envious of him and, and the position that he had eventually, you know, running this magazine just with, you know, with uh, you know, a good head on his shoulders, being a good guy. Um, but yeah, that that's an that's an example of it. So think about you have stock photographers, right? They take a ton of pictures on salary. They might not be the best photographers in the world, but if they take enough pictures, they can have pictures that are probably in the top range because they are somewhat talented and that might not be of the upper echelon, right? Mm-hmm. So the upper echelon people could always freelance. They they would always, you know, either pay, you know, get paid a lot for their photos or whatever. Uh, but what happened is the, the big company said, well, why are we going to have this whole pool of photographers and this whole pool of writers? And it used to be a way to get into the business and actually hone your skill. And great people would come out of that, right? You kind of but, start there and then you become your freelancer. Right. right. But it was also a good career path. Like you were like, oh, I'm a, I'm a photographer. I'm a, I'm a writer. And I, I just write. Like, I don't have to worry about finding my next gig, right? Now everything's gotten blown up to be finding your next gig where it used to be you're a stock photographer you're like all right i took 20 pictures and you know or 100 pictures used to be filmed now it's all digital and digital is crazy it just streams now they don't even have to like develop anything or go to anybody and by getting rid of all the stock photography what happens is you have to rent these images or, or lease these images from like getty images so getty they hire uh, a ton of freelancers and they have the lion's share of the market because now people go to them and say, can we use your image? They're like, sure, you use our image. You buy that one, that one, that one. Oh, you want an exclusive, like you don't want us to sell this image to anybody else. You you pay 10 grand or 20 grand, whatever for that photo. So it's kind of, it's all been outsourced and it's ruined the way magazines are profitable not just profitable, but also their integrity and, and some of the stuff that people used to love looking at a magazine for. And I still love magazines to this day because it doesn't have the news in it. It has a well-written, well-curated article with photos about something you're interested in and you read it and it takes you to another place. Mm-hmm. And that's why things like Powder and, and, and the other magazine brands that are you know, at Jeopardy. And, and that's why I still love magazines is, yeah, you thumb through them and you might look at ads or you might like thumb past ads and you see a little section on this or a little list on that. But then you get to an article that's like really interesting and well-written. Um, and it's, it's a combination in a lot of these magazines of the article plus like the beautiful photos they have. And you're just like, and it goes with the story that you're reading and it paints a picture for you that like, you can't get out of reading a blurb on your phone or, and even on your phone, I almost guarantee you that a large percentage of the news stuff that you, you read, you'll see Reuters or AP news, right? Mm-hmm. So they do the same thing with photos that Getty images does with photos. They do the same thing with writing, right? So they'll write an article. It goes out to anybody that wants to pick it up and they pay them and boom, now they get, so the New York Times, and this is the problem with newspapers, if, if you look at newspapers, there's a large percentage of some of these newspapers that are being done where they're just getting stuff from AP, AP News and getting images. And it's like, so what are they really doing? They're putting everything together like a collage, like a, you know, like one of these aggregate sites. 
but they're yeah, not creating you anything. Almost have to do that because again, like this, a magazine like Powder, you know, which has a very specific audience, they were doing it kind of the old school way. You know, they had their individual. You know, they had their writers, they had their photographers, yeah. and they they kept kept doing it that way, probably knowing that it wasn't going to last. Because yeah. You, you look at the cover price, ten ninety nine. I mean, I don't right. know. I'm just so used to like five bucks. Is like, oh my god, five bucks for a magazine? Like that seemed high. Yeah, um, I, mean, no, I, I, I always had a problem with pricing magazines above five dollars because if you're at the grocery store, you're looking at magazine as disposable income. Over five dollars is a lot of money. I mean, that's not disposable income. That's like a concerted effort now. Like, oh, oh, I gotta, I gotta bring a twenty now. Like, what you know? It's a bigger deal, but I think one of the fears that everybody should have listening to this, hopefully everybody in the world listens to what I say, but um, one of the biggest things out of this is the fear that you're going to lose that content. So everybody says, well, I don't need to, to read a magazine or read a newspaper because I see it on the internet. Well, where do you think it comes from? They carry it on the internet because somebody wrote it. If nobody's going to get paid to write it or get their writing carried, what are you going to have to to, to drive from? You're going to have news created by Twitter. You know that's fine, but it it changes what the platform was meant to be. The the platform was meant for people to share. Now the platform goes from where people think it's sharing, and it's actually putting out news. Right, so. You kind of got to be careful of that. That's when the algorithm starts writing its own stories for you. Exactly. I assure you that's not what you want. And then the robots take over and we have fucking Terminator. Well, this is also from the future. (laughs) This also too is why the internet has just become so awful to use because it used to be, again, you could just have a site, you could sell something. Now it's like you have to almost have ads on your site. You have to have like, does does tracking cookies accept this? Fill this out to join our mailing list. You know, uh, there's our privacy policy. Like, there's just so much bullshit involved in just having yeah. a website now. Well, it's, and then there's trolls on the internet, and so you get a story on the internet, and a bunch of people comment that you know what? You don't need their comment. Beauty about a magazine, it's irrespective of what everybody thinks. This writer, this photographer, they put out their content, and you enjoy it. Or it bothers you. And if it bothers you, a lot of times, you know, when I look at a piece written, I'm like, that's their take on things. So it actually, I think a little bit more about it that, you know, maybe my view is a little bit, you know, um, not in line with this person, but you accept it, right? And, And there's actual conversation you have in your head about what somebody wrote versus what you think without anybody else creating noise. When you read something on the internet, a lot of times it's somebody wrote something. If a hundred people trash it, you're like, oh, well, I'm going to filter this now as I'm going to read their writing as if it's maybe something I shouldn't like because it's being trashed. Like maybe it's a salacious headline to bring you in and it's something else completely. And right. Because they want to get those ad, they want to get the clicks onto the page so that they get the ad revenue from all the ads displaying on the article. Right, and then it's not true news. Now it's curated news or news that there's pressure, there's news there's like. bullying, there's a bunch of stuff involved with it, rather than just reading an article and accepting how it's presented from somebody, whether you agree with it or not. And then you 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 
But that's what I enjoy about it. There's a lot of articles I read that I just don't like. But I'm like, you know what? This is well-written. They had a good point. And down the line, it might make me think about things a little bit differently. But, you know, it's if you lose that, what else are you going to have to to weigh things against? Yeah. So. And, you know, powder always, you know, they've, they've had this formula for a lot of their different sections that have always been, they've always worked, that have been great. The photography has always been outstanding. Like they do a lot of black and white. They always have, right? It's they cool. Black and white. They, you know, like they mentioned in the, um, that, that article, they have the photography issue coming out soon. Their gear reviews are tremendous. Yeah, you know, the the quality of the the magazine, the paper stock, the the design, they, they've always had such a great magazine. My criticism of them is it seems like they never really embraced anything digital. You know, yeah. they just they never got into doing stuff with video. Their uh, their social media is always kind of lame. It's always just kind of cranking out older stuff that they've had on there they weren't interactive like we have hashtagged them or we've added them in every one of our posts and they've never yeah. reached out to us and again not that that we're you know these people they need to like you know show us respect like it's not nothing like that at all it's just if people are always mentioning you and are kind of in the same realm you might want to start at least to kind of Embrace it and work together. Embracing right? working yeah. together, like help it because. Well, publishing in general is a very old school mentality place, yeah. and they did shit like. And skiing's an old school mentality too. Like you go to any of these resorts, they're playing, yeah. you know, Led Zeppelin and all the '70s stuff, and it's there's definitely a, like an older vibe. But again, it's partially is the audience, but it's that audience is shifting. Like people in their '70s aren't going to be you know skiing a hundred days all the time anymore. Yeah. Yeah. I just think, you know, when you start looking at, so if you get rid of these big magazine brands, right. Um, news is just headlines that anybody grabs. It's basically, you could, you could report something and somebody will carry it as a headline. Right. So papers are really being driven by social media a lot. Now Um, magazines though, you know, it was one of those things where it's almost like the cross between bri- buying a newspaper and a book, right? You're not going to read a book on, on a subject, maybe. And you don't want to hear the tabloid headlines that come out like this week. But next week, if there's a, if you talk about TV, there's a, there's a dateline on it, right? Or a 60 minutes series on that. This is the equivalent of that. There's a, there's a piece written on it in a magazine. Well, now you get that and it's, you know, not the, the flash news. It's something's been looked into and they, you hope they've done research because they create this whole, and you read that it's a lot different. You know, it's just the loss of that. What are you going to be left with headlines that people just take shit for granted and report half news and then move on. Like they don't even follow up. They're like, yeah, I reported it. I'm done. You know, I don't get paid, you know, for my hashtags by following up on stories. I just get paid by, by throwing out the headline. And it just kind of waters down our our news that we get. I think it's less I mean, less less journalism, less creative writing. It's more again salacious headlines. Get those yeah. ad revenue clicks on there, and yeah. that's that's 
that's a dangerous slippery slope that we can be going very down. dangerous don't stop that right away because that's yeah. all we're again this is all going to lead to just articles written by ai there was some sort of ai bot they came up with a few months ago that got some notoriety that this whole article and i remember reading the article being like this sounds weird and there was like spoiler alert is like this was actually all written by an ai program and it still felt like it was but it's new so you know yeah. you give it a couple years of refinement and tweaking and, and maybe it'll be better but it gets creepy too because there's been a lot of magazines that have been called out where they will the editors will squash stories on certain things um and people believe it's based on they don't want to piss off their advertisers so so for example they, yeah. they want to come out and say you know fast food like kills you and the fried food and all that stuff and you look at if your advertisers are all the fast food chains that's a toxic story to your magazine it might be groundbreaking news that people need to hear and a very good story and very well written but they may say, hey, wait a minute, we can't publish this because as a magazine, we're going to lose a lot of revenue and then I can't pay you to write these stories anymore. So mm-hmm. part of the problem was once the once a lot of the magazines went public or went with companies that were public, that's where everybody has to play the game. But it used to be these rich ass people with a ton of money that were assholes in the public media would run these magazines and just do whatever they wanted. And, and some of them would do it with integrity. And that's where, where the good part of magazines came out. So mm-hmm. I, I don't know if it's ever going to be the same. I mean, I don't it, think it might be the death be. of it. I mean, when, how can it be? Yeah. You know, I mean, like how do we save that? I, I don't think it's even possible, but I think, you know, there's, I think everybody to- wants it though. Cause you look at the complaints we have of the news and the media right now. Mm-hmm. I don't think we're getting a high quality media for as much technology and for as much availability to, to great content that we have. I think we get a lot of shit. We get a lot of shit. I think every, like you said, everyone's tied to their sponsors. They can't offend them. They yeah. have to be, uh, they're all fiduciaries now because again, they're all tied to stockholders. So they have to do what's best for the stockholders, not what nope. the actual real news is, but the real story and is best for the stockholders financially, not for the world. Oh yeah. No, oh, I, that's what the fiduciary exactly. responsibility is, is you have yep. to be, you know, whatever brings in the most money for the stockholders. Yeah. And that's, that's making things cheap, shitty, ugly, awful, unedited, un, uh, researched, yeah. it's getting it out quicker and faster and cheaper. And, and election year, it's even worse. It gets magnified year. by everything, you know? Yeah. And I, but you know what? Like, and again, all that is absolutely true, but powder, they never really got digital. They never yeah. really got their brand. I mean, I remember a couple years ago trying to go on their shop and I wanted to buy like a hat or a shirt or something. They had like nothing. Mm. I mean, they could have embraced so many other revenue sources. Again, getting into digital more, doing stuff with video, getting, um, you know, other ways of, of making money so that the magazine, as long as it could stay afloat and keep just not, not losing money, they would have been fine. But it seems like they never really were able to, do, never even wanted to do that. They just kind of mm. wanted to keep doing what they were doing. And it's really unfortunate because they were good at what they did. They just, they didn't do the new, like all the old school stuff that they did was working, was awesome. 
but it's the new stuff, the the things they had to do to embrace to be more modern and and you know digital focused, they didn't do, and yeah. now everything is paying the price for that. Well, that's like so. When I was at Time, it was right after they made a lot of decisions and they were bought by by Warner, right? So it's Time Warner. Now, when they were Time, they were the ones that created HBO. But then Time Warner came in and said, no, we're going to take HBO. We're going to grab it and take it this way. And Time was like, oh, we want to do this TV thing. No, we got Turner. We're, we're, we bought Turner. They're part of us. We're going to let them do the, the TV content. We're not going to let you guys touch it. So it was it was like a pissing match because these things get so big that they're like, hey, we're going to squash talent unless you're with the, the area that we're putting our money to focus on talent. So then you have years later, time gets spun off, HBO gets spun off, and they're all like, you know, HBO now is like, fuck you, everybody. Like, we're, you know, forgot who they're owned by now. Like their own brand, really. Yeah. Um, it's kind of like Vice, right? Like Vice News was the same thing. Vice was like this global, they grew this big thing. But, you know, you, you look at that's what happens too, and it's like, you know, you, you could have done a whole bunch of things. It just, it depends on, you know, the makeup of the company and stuff. So American media was, they were huge and they spun them off as well. Kind of like what they did with time. So it's just, it, it's a, it's a battle. It's a big pissing match between really rich people at the top. I think is what mm-hmm. it comes down to. Yeah. Cause yeah. AMI is, uh, yeah, they were all now they're, they're big. I just wonder, I mean, I, I feel like somebody could come in and grab this and save it, but I don't think obviously based on what they've been doing and now that they're in this position that they could keep doing it as they were doing it. They yeah. Well, think about it. Them. Who would come in and buy them when you could say, I'll just create another, I'll be the ski bum podcast and, and that's it. It's all everybody needs. Why do I need to pay for powder? Because all the paper, all the yeah, the printing, all the extra complexities can be yeah. pretty much eliminated, and you can have a, a, a media company, really. Yeah, but I gotta say, the print is very profitable. It's just these companies don't want to deal with it. They just piss money away in other places. You're like, what are you doing? Yeah, yeah, crazy. It's it's unfortunate. It really is. I mean, this was it's such a great magazine. I know every year I I always looked forward to. You know, when the first issue would come out in August and yeah, you know, all you know, six or seven issues, whatever they put out every year. You know, I've been subscribed for years and I'm upset. It sucks. It's a bummer. But again, I also, you know, we kind of made the comment too when we interviewed uh, Benjamin Alexander a few weeks ago. And I'm like, oh yeah, we saw your powder interview. And it was like, yeah, it was kind of cookie cutter, kind of boring. Yeah. You know, they, they do a good job with those. Their interviews are usually a little... I don't know what the word it would be sanitary, a little. Yeah. They're just, they weren't, they weren't they that, that fun kind of quotient. You know, they kept things pretty. Well, sometimes, pretty you know, places get run by somebody that's just like, no, this is the way we've done it for 10 or 20. This is how we're going to keep doing it. Well, it's like how we at those NASDAQ meetings, you know, what they're like. Yeah. You know, like we were on the board of uh, Ski Magazine in 1966, and this is how we did it. And it's like, great. Like, you, you didn't change anything, huh? Like yeah. it's, it's just strange, but, but you hey, see you how many of these things go under now too, because of that, because they didn't yeah. evolve. They didn't change. They didn't grow. Right. There's no, there's no 
five, 10 year plan, nothing. It's like, nope, we're going to do things like we did. There's a 10 year plan based on the past. That's about it, but not in the future. So yeah, it's sad to see him go. Uh, I, you know, I always hate when somebody doesn't buy, you know, not like when they go under, that's a big deal for me. Like I just, any man sucks too, because they're, they're consolidated under, you know, eight, three sixty. Yeah. And they may be happy to just write, use them as a write-off, you know, like, cause there's like yep. three or four magazines that are all kind of shuddering now. And you'd think maybe, maybe someone wants to come in and buy just powder. They might just be like, you know what? It's better, more profitable for us. Just tank all of these magazines yeah. and take that loss instead of just selling it out to you for that one. Well, that's like, you know, I, I mean, being in the business, I would see companies get bought and they buy a company and they buy like, maybe not the whole company, but most of their titles. And it would be like, Oh, we're going to buy. What if they, what if the company that owns skiing, bought, you know, powder, what are they going to do? You're not going to have skiing and powder. Usually you're either going to combine it to one magazine or just say, Hey, powder goes away. And we have another magazine, which is fine if you roll it into another magazine, but now you're talking, you go from two magazines that had different styles to one magazine. And that's all you're fed. You're just yeah. getting fed one, you know, one bunch of ski stuff and that might be fine, but it's nice to have the variety. Yeah. I just wonder what, you know, what these folks are going to do. The, the ones who are the big contributors, are they going to do their own thing digitally? Are they going to go with other magazines? That's what's yet to be seen. And, you know, again, they do have some time still. Something may happen. They may get bought up or sold. We don't know, but it, it just does. It does suck that it got to this point already. Well, here's the messed up part: the writers and the photographers are probably freelance, right? And now, who's who's, I don't who's out of a job? The people that organize the magazine, you know, like okay, but yeah, it's just a different landscape that we've created. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, again, this is this is the way of the world at the moment. So. This is why SkiBumPodcast.com. We were first in the Ski Podcast. This is where we are. Yeah, you know what? That's the thing. Is like one thing dies, another thing, you know, starts up. It's the circle of life. And we've been doing this for a while. And, you know, we're getting, I think we're getting better at it. And we're putting out better content, more interesting, relevant content. And eventually we might happen. be the only place for ski news. It's just, just saying. Very, it's very possible. In a bizarre see, world. Falling you know, down. Who knows, yeah. right? Yeah. So we're going to keep tabs on the story. Hopefully there will be a happier ending, but as of right now, it's not looking so good. Yeah. And if you haven't subscribed to powder or haven't gotten any of their, you know, their famous photography issues, do yourself a favor and get the one this year, because I think it's really going to open your eyes to, you know, some of the amazing artists that they've photographing artists that they have. And, you know, the writing is, is great. The places they've gone to, the adventures, the uh, their ski reviews, their gear reviews are fantastic. It just all is, is unfortunate that all these folks are going to be out of work for, you know, no fault of their own. It's, you know, bad economy, the coronavirus. Yeah. Uh, it's just, uh, it just sucks. But... And that's why you should stick with us. Tell everybody about us that that work. Be independent. That's that's really your best bet these days is to to be your own. The Indie company. News Ski Tour. 
course. That's what we are. That's us. We'll have the links to powder and to all of our information at skibumpodcast.com if you want to check it out. Under the ropes. We got one under the ropes and it's fantastic. All right, Mario, kick us off under the ropes. All right. So this one is near and dear to my heart. Um, actually, Brian came up with this and I'm like, oh, have you ever seen pig bone? Anyway, <laughs> so <laughs> this just came out October 6th, which is uh, two days ago. Uh, America's rapid feral hog problem is creating a super pig uprising. Now, super goddamn pig. I got to look up pig bomb. So what year was that? That had to be, that was 2009. So since 2009, this has been on my mind. <laughs> nonstop. All he talks non- about. Oh, dude, totally nonstop. Like it, it is like something that makes me, make me, makes me think about things. Um, so the pig uprising they're talking about is America has a major feral pig problem, including vi- uh, hybrid vigor super pigs so the combination of wild boar and the robust fertility uh, fertility of agricultural pig adds up to nine million feral pigs and counting so apparently so in 30 years feral pigs have expanded from 17 states to 39 reaching a population high enough to, to constitute a feral swine bomb now when I started reading this article, I, I told Brian, I was like, have you seen Pig Bomb? He's like, no. I was like, dude, it's it's oh, so old that it's available to watch on YouTube for free. It was from yeah. Discovery Channel. It's fucking great. And it talks about uh, pigs, how they get feral. You know, domesticated pigs, you let them out in the, in the wild. They grow tusks. They get, like, their skin changes. Like, they, they become wild boar. So it's it's crazy stuff. So, um, they yeah, have what a couple, like a couple of months, right? Pretty. Quickly. Oh, it's, it's very quickly. I mean, and don't female pigs have like multiple litters a year. Oh yeah. And the pig kind of plays like, into this also. Yeah. And you know, I gotta say like, you're like a pig boy. Pig, pigs are incredible. Like they, they will just have a ton of pigs. Um, but they're saying, the first generation of pigs that break out of a farm out of farm enclosures will grow tusks, typically removed by farmers, and start to roam over a twenty mile plus range if needed. So they'll even turn nocturnal if circumstances require it. So it's That's an evolving uh, beast right there. Yeah, they used to have so I I I they used to have a show on TV, kind of like Ice Road Truckers, around the same time that that was big, which is still going on. Um, And it was, this dude used to, like, he was in California, and he used to go out and go to these farms that had a feral pig problem. Wasn't that Pig Man? That might have been Pig Man. Yeah, didn't he go with, like, Ted Nugent, and they were hunting hunting pigs with, like, like, a helicopter? That it might have been him or that might pig man. Like, Is there multiple like pig hunter shows? There might have been at a time, but there was one that I would watch. And the guy was funny. He's like, the law in California was that you couldn't hunt them after after dusk. And he's what like he he would be sitting there hunting. He's like, oh, I see one. It's gonna come out. Gonna come out. He's waiting for it to come out. Pig doesn't come out. Sun drops. Boom. Pig comes right out. <laughs> 
he's like, fuck, I can't hunt this thing. So that was his job. He would go out and people would pay him to like hunt out these pigs from their farm. Cause they would just like totally destroy. Oh, pig man. There it is. From New there you go. And he'd go out with dogs with the dogs would have armor on them. It was crazy <laughs> shit. Cause they, they gouged the dogs. It was nuts. They're saying that the most wild pigs in the U.S. are some level of hybrid between domestic pigs and wild boars, creating heterosis or hybrid vigor. Damn. Which is the increase in such characteristics as size, growth rate, fertility, and yield of a hybrid organism over those of its parents. Plant and animal breeders exploit heterosis by mating two different purebred lines that have certain desirable traits, like weed. The first generation nice. offspring generally show in greater measure the desired characteristics of both parents. This vigor may decrease, however, if the hybrids are mated together. Damn. Now, one thing about this. Pigs are goddamn delicious. And the fact that they will pay you to hunt a pig and you can just roast it and eat it. Dude. Delicious. That is as good it eats as it gets. So what I've Wild said for years, hog? after seeing Pig Bomb, I'm like, why do we have homeless people? Why don't we just have pig hunters and dudes that eat a lot in the mm-hmm. wild that roam around without a home and hunt pigs? Like, that would be a perfect job. They're not homeless. They just haven't become pig hunters yet. They're just pig hunters. This is that Everybody's a pig hunter. Yeah. They may overrun us all. So that this pig bomb thing, this is a long time ago, but some of these pigs get enormous. They get like hundreds of pounds, up to like thousands something. Do you remember how delicious pork is? Yeah. I just had more goddamn pork. I just ate two pounds of bacon in two weeks, a pound a week. Bless you. A pound a week, man. It's on sale at the store. I go in there. It's buy one, get one. Buy one, get one. Thick you went cut. every goddamn day, didn't you? <laughs> Buy one, get one. Thick cut um, pepper bacon. There's, there's no way I'm not taking two. You'd be a fool not to. I almost went back for another one, but I was like, after plowing down that first pound, I was like, I don't know. I got to slow it down. So goddamn good. I think I had to restart my heart, and I'm like, okay, I got to <laughs> slow it down. That's what bourbon's for. Bourbon just kind of pushes the blood through and thins I out. I forgot the about the bourbon. I forgot we have bourbon. Bourbon and pork together is one of the best combinations of food and drink you can you can come up with. Okay, so, so the largest feral pig ever recorded, one thousand fifty-one pounds, measured shit. nine feet four inches from the tip of its snout to the base of its tail. Damn, that's a big fucking monster. <laughs> Think about that thing just rolling right through your house. Like, Fifty pounds. Yeah. That's crazy. How big is a horse? A thousand sixty pounds. A thousand sixty, is it? <laughs> They're like multiple thousands of pounds, I think, aren't they? Yeah, eight hundred forty to twenty two hundred pounds. What? Depends how big. All right, so you get a small horse. Bigger than a small horse. That thing is like fucking running through your house. Just with the tusk going. But you know what? There's you no take way. it a shower, all of a sudden you hear <laughs> boom, fucking bigger. <laughs> Pig coming in. I've never been to a horse roast, though. <laughs> Dude, you would never run through that fucking double wide like when that pig burst through that door. <laughs> <laughs> I don't clear out a fucking trailer like crazy. 
They're saying there are 1.5 million wild hogs in Texas and half a million in Florida. Why are you not out there hunting them right now? Dude, you know what that says to me? That says this free fucking uh, ham, pulled pork, pork, ribs, bacon, like all that shit. Free, to running around. Running around. Eating stuff just like free range. It's free range pigs. People are going out to like Montana and hunting elk. You can just go down the street and shoot a pig. No, I'm in Florida. I got to do it fucked up. I got to have a knife and a, and a, <laughs> a bow and arrow. I'm you got to carry the knife one. in your mouth when you walk, yes. you're crawling on the ground. You're but you're shooting it. a crossbow. Don't worry about it. I got a carrot. You shank it from behind. Hey, I'm in Tampa. I'll, everything's like fucking pirate buccaneer stuff. Yeah. That's it. Hey, I'm a buccaneer. Arr, maybe. I got to have one eye. I got to get it poked out by a tusk. Yeah, you had a peg leg too, then, if you're going to be going that route. Yeah. Get a high tech peg leg. I'll be like a modern day. A hook, pirate. a peg leg, and the knife in your mouth. How about, um, like, uh, I've been bleeding this whole goddamn time. Damn, what'd gross. you do? I don't want to get into it. It's gross. Is there a pig that came running through right. your door? You were standing, you were sitting there, and a pig came running through and fucking gouged you. Started didn't? gnawing on my finger. Damn it. Bastard. See, they're around, and you just ignore them all the time. Everybody, there was a pig because that ran I, through my living room. Dedicated to the podcast game. I'm not going <laughs> to disrupt this podcast because there were a goddamn feral pig running through my basement. Damn. Actually, if you got the feral pig, we'd probably get a lot of ratings. Same. Do you know how, like, have you ever had wild boar? Yes. It's, it's so delicious. goddamn good. It's kind of a cross between venison and pig. Yes, and it's fantastic. But it's but more porky than, like, everything's a way ham more as the pig. It's like an 80-20, like, pork to venison. Right, but everybody thinks it's like a ham. No, it's not like a ham. It's more like a, a pork. Like a... Like a pork loin or a... I'm getting hungry now. Dude, like, I'm you freaking... St- I want, like, pulled pork right now. Like, you put the pork roast in the... in the. Uh, so my mom makes this one. It's from a cut of pork. And actually, in German, they have the... Uh, what the hell do they call it? Kussler. The Kussler? That's just pork chops. Yeah, but it's like... But it's a special cut, and they put it in the roast. So in Spanish, it's the penil. So my mom makes the penil, and it's like she like garlics it up, and it's just fucking delicious. Mm. It's pork. Oh, you ever it's had so porky? And so you ever good. had smoked pork chops? That's what it's like. Smoked. Oh god, smoked pork chops are the bomb. They're god so damn. good. You know what they have? That they have a uh, smoky bones down here, and they have the smoked wings. So they're like chicken wings, but smoked. They're fucking delicious. Dude, I, I, I'm about to buy a freaking uh, pellet grill. Dude, you got to get a Traeger. I was thinking about getting the Traeger, but I also looked at the Camp Chef. The Camp Chef is super legit also. Fuck that. Buy Steve's. He's not using He's down the shore all the time. Ah. You buy his, you use a smoker. Perfect. Just go over and steal it. <laughs> he won't even know. He's yeah. not using it. You know you know the daisies at the, the shore. Like, all right, I'm fucking smoking some shit out. Yeah, he's got a whole backyard thing with a fire pit. You just that's, pull up. That's not bad. Put, roll up eminent, with the cooler. Eminent domain. <laughs> Dude, if he's there, he'll be like, all right, cool, I'll join you. That's it. Have an eminent, extra beer. Eminent domain. <laughs> eminent domain. <laughs> <laughs> this is Jersey rules, bitches. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my things I want to... When I retire next year from my nine to five, that's one of the things I'm going to be doing is smoking more meat. Dude, Dude I Florida become, hog hunting. I want to be a brisket master. That's like one of my goals in the next couple of years. Master. Yes. Do you have to get like a certification for that? Or do you just have to cook a lot and gain a lot of weight? Cook a lot, gain a lot of weight. 
I want to become a, I think you become a pit master. That's kind of the pit master. That's kind of what you aspire to in the barbecue world. Nice. In the book, you got to start going to like, you know, we, we, we going to go next week, Brian. Oh, I'm not going on vacation. I got to go to Memphis. We got a, like a cookout, like competition. No. That's where you No, this is what I'm going to be doing. I'm going to be hosting at ski, have the smoker pulling behind the trailer. You go ski for the day. So you wake up, you throw in your, your brisket. Actually, probably the night before, you put your brisket down. My mouth is watering already. You put the brisket down when you go to bed. You get up, you ski all day, you come back, goddamn brisket's ready for you. All You're right. having an apres ski party in the parking lot with a f- freshly smoked brisket. I got a better Boom. idea. You put up signs in the parking lot, we're going to be here. You ride around with your ski tracks on your smoker. All day, like just pulling it or whatever, riding around, everybody smelling that smoke. Oh, can skeezy. we have some now? No, skeezy people on skeezy, just riding around with like pulled pork, just, just with like smoking pig, whatever. I think we could combine the food truck, the RV, and put the snow tracks on it. So RV, snow track, food truck, that works. So, so you could do cat skiing, but you have the smoker on the snow cat. Just put a sign. We'll be at 10,000 feet. Find us. Boom. 10,000 right feet, feet brisket. That's right. Yeah. That's, that's a good idea. I like it. That's a great goddamn idea. Make a lot of money. Attach the freaking uh, pellet grill right to the back of the, the snowcat. Yeah. Tuck in a couple briskets before you go to bed the night before. You got to make it where like the snowcat like turns it or something. So you got to keep riding around. You can't stop. You just got to keep riding. What's cool is like the newer, those pellet girls, they have the app. And I think, uh, I think Traeger calls it the Wi-Fi. So you can actually adjust your temperature from the, uh, your phone. The only thing is if you want to do like a wet mop, if you're like a, like a vinegar or an apple juice wet mop, you gotta, you gotta spray it. But you know what? Listen, we can rig something up that every like 25 you know, some minutes, dude that's been smoking the real way with charcoal is listening to this right now. And like, the fuck is an app for smoking some fucking meat? Really? Listen, listen old man with your charcoal. If you listen to school, the, you don't know how to do shit. If you want to go the way of powder magazine, like the goddamn dinosaurs, <laughs> keep doing your same bullshit. I've got my goddamn Wi-Fi trigger grill. <laughs> Then again, that Wi-Fi Traeger drill, I would probably still go to that smoked thing. The dude's watching all night. That's probably awesome. <laughs> you know what's going to happen? People are going to find out about this. They're going to be like, you know what? I'm going to piss on this guy's fucking brisket while he's out skiing. <laughs> like, hey, look. Hey, I'm doing a wet mop on your brisket for you. You're going to piss it all over it. And Everybody, then, hashtag wet mop. <laughs> hashtag wet mop. You're going to piss on my brisket. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> Has been pissing on my brisket. What's a wet mop? Everybody pissing on Byron's brisket. And damn. why is it so goddamn delicious? Goddamn, it smells like piss every time I open that grill. What's Imagine going if on? it was amazing. Imagine if piss was the, uh, the the secret ingredient to the wet mop. It's like the South Park again, when like Cartman like is like farting <laughs> the on fart. the burgers. What was it? The um, Aspergers. Aspergers. These <laughs> Aspergers. It's awesome. I fucking love that show. Goddamn Aspergers. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my dude, god, it tastes like Chinese food and pizza. Dude, we could roll in there, open up all these fucking like barbecue places and just free pigs. We don't have to pay for produce. Just You're not paying for product. You just 
catching pigs. So I think this is where you being in Florida could be huge. You could just be, you could just go on a hunt. You got to come down. We got to go on a pig hunt. We need to get some grenades. No, just some, some automatic. We'll be good. I want to get low powered seasoning grenades. So like blows them up, but also like kind of like it it already pre seasons all the charges. You got to shape it. How about bazookas? We just, (laughs) (laughs) I got this one. Well, the, the pig here. man. Was... <laughs> Fire in the hole. Fire in the All right, I got a piece over here. I got a piece over there. Did Fuck we talk up. about it like years and years ago? <laughs> There's some place, I forget, was it in Thailand or something, where you could actually like hunt a cow with a rocket launcher? Like It was, like a, it was like a bachelor party destination at these. Guys wow. would go to Thailand or you go to Thailand and hunt a human. That's fucked up. Yeah. You could actually like hunt a cow with a rocket launcher. But I really I want to find an easy way to kill it and then season Cambodia. it. Cambodia is in Cambodia. Is it Cambodia? Okay. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> God damn it. I'm not saying you should be hunting cows with rocket launchers, but if the opportunity does present itself, you may want to capitalize upon it but oh they don't make it look good they have like the cow with like a rope and they're like bringing it to get hunted hunted by the you gotta have feral cows man that's not a challenge yeah if you hunt something that can't kill you that's fucked up like what are you gonna do milk it no you want to blow it up that's just creepy that that is a little creepy yeah i mean if it was like a like a mountain lion which is an asshole anyway and you want to hunt it down like that would be better even people like I'm gonna hunt like uh, you know something with a howitzer. Really, like it should be yeah, like the old fashioned, like just the one gun and that's it. Like I got an elephant gun, what, and maybe a pistol. That's all you got and a knife. Yeah, you, you go in. That's it. Yeah. Go hunt so the no, bear. So no marinade grenades. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. When the bear rips you up, like fucking the uh, what's the well, thing if, with Leah? Well. If bears are involved, I think a rocket launcher is, is not the worst idea. Fuck that. Bears Did you see that thing with Leonardo DiCaprio, that movie of uh, the... Uh, yes. Have you seen that? That I've seen parts of it, yeah. Did you see the bear part? I didn't see the bear part. Ah, oh, that's the best part. Well, I know, Dude, it's the only part we're watching. Like, it is so well, it is fucking terrifying. You want Halloween? You just, it's like a 10 minute clip of like a bear, like a a bear killing a guy. It's a snuff film. It's horrible. <laughs> it's fucking horrible. But he actually lives. Yeah. In the movie, at least. I think that the real guy, didn't he survive too? But I think they overly think fabricated did. the whole bear attack. Yeah. But still, you got attacked by a bear. I don't care if he just scratched you and ran away. You got attacked by a bear. Fuck bears, man. I want no part of those assholes. I know. They're fucking yeah. terrifying. Well, no, with, with all the pigs you got in Florida, if somehow we could find a way for you to ship them up, we could get them. We could have like a a snowcat smoker at like a bunch of different resorts. Oh fuck be- that! We have a mountain where we let them loose. You're skiing. You gotta watch out. There might be a, a thousand pounder running around there. He's hungry. <laughs> Fucking gonna take you down. And you know what? If you want to reserve the mountain for the day, you can use a rocket launcher on that pig. On that day, rocket launcher yeah. day. Rocket launcher every Tuesday. <laughs> every <rocket> launcher day. <laughs> That's right. Every Tuesday, it's rock. He's just whoosh, whoosh, it's all you hear. Fucking kikish. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Right? There's do we, 
We could have like this angry is, chickens on that. Like it could be like an island, just like a snow this will, island. This will never get out of hand because pigs are too delicious. If it was like, like you know why you see Canadian goddamn geese everywhere pigs, no. because they're disgusting. Pigs, no, pigs. No, <laughs> pigs. <laughs> um, this guy missed with a rocket launcher and he blew up the Gucci store. <laughs> I'm hanging out in the Gucci store, picking out a purse, and boom, fucking wall goes down. The Armani store, the Armani store will be temporarily closed due to a stray oh. rocket launcher. Feral pigs in the in the mall. That'd be like a little. Hey, let's go to the mall. Try to avoid the pigs, kids. Yeah, think that worked. Something. We're definitely onto something with this. Are you watching a movie and all of a sudden a pig just like <laughs> stampede of pigs? Wild pigs. Sounds adorable now. Oh, yeah. All right. Well, that wraps up the old podcast for the week. Thank you so much for listening. We do pig appreciate bomb. it. You got to watch Pig Bomb. Pig Bomb. American Downhiller. Yes. Future Retro Trailer. A lot of stuff you got to watch this weekend. A lot of work to do. It's just three things. Three things. Three all enjoyment. Yes. Check us out, skibumpodcast.com. We are on your favorite social media apps, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, untapped at skibumpodcast. Send us an email, skibumpodcast at gmail.com. We got swag on the website. We also have a, a donation section if you want to send us a few bucks. Thank you to Make everyone sure you donate. who has done that. Check us out in your favorite podcasting app. Subscribe, rate us. We'd really appreciate it. Thank you again so much for listening. We really, really do appreciate it. Stay high, stay blue. See ya.